Before we finish tonight, uh, Brandy mentioned greeting cards. I want to read you a greeting card. It's actually found in Romans 16. And that's going to be our concluding passage for the evening. And as you turn there or grab your phone and find that passage, um, I was noticing there are quite a few popular greeting cards that are out there. Some of them, the digital version that you can send to people through Facebook or other means. And uh, here are some of the popular ones that are trending right now. Uh, I read this one. It says, I love how we don't have to say out loud that I'm your favorite child. That's That's good. Uh, Happy Mother's Day to someone who carried me physically for nine months and financially for 29 years. Um, that's, that's one from a millennial there. Um, <laughs> there is no greater proof of my affection for you than the fact that I never set fire to my rival sibling, no matter how funny it would have been. That's a l- l- real greeting card right there for Mother's Day. And this one, if I won the lottery, I would pick out the best nursing home ever for you, no matter how far away it is from me. <laughs> that good? I mean, the sentiment is right there. That's... <laughs> what do moms really appreciate? They appreciate humor. They appreciate sentiment, a homemade variety card. Our kids love making those. I think... Moms in the house tonight would say, you know, uh, boy, there, if there's something that I would love more than anything else, it's whenever kids, I mean, imagine if you got a card that said something like, mom, I just, I just want to tell you, I think you're beautiful and loving and patient and forgiving. Um, kind of like that pocket call greeting card that was on the little video that we saw at the beginning of the service, right? Those types of characteristics of the heart. Um, somehow those things, and, and I know oftentimes cards get a measured amount of both of these, but, you know, th- those things come out at times, but you know what else comes out? It, it, it comes out, you know, thanks, Mom, for, for feeding me, and thanks for driving me places, and thanks for buying me whatever I need. And so uh, if, if we're not careful, we can end up, oh my goodness, you know, do my kids just think I'm like, you know, the ATM and the chauffeur and the chef and that's, you know, that's it. Our card that we're looking at today in Romans chapter 16 is one that I believe Paul is writing to help us look at some deeper things beyond just the circumstantial things of life beyond just the measured days that we live and the things that they include. In Romans 16, he says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Centuri, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you. She has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved, well, that guy, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, who, uh, our fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved Stachus. 
Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family Aristibulus. Greet my kinsman Herodion. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet those workers in the Lord Tryphenia and Tryphosa. But they were twins. Greet the beloved Persis who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Stop there. So Paul is writing this greeting card. And I, you know, it's not a Mother's Day greeting card, although there are some moms listed in the mix there. And with it lists some characteristics that are sprinkled in that I wanted to close with. And, and I think first, before we look at what he lists, let's look at what's not there. Oddly enough, what what is Paul not put in here? Um, Characteristics not found in Paul's greeting card, uh, noses and numbers, rewards and accolades, achievements and accomplishments. It's not in there. Uh, Churches love, in general churches, love to value noses and numbers. How many did you have last week? What was your offering? You go to the average church conference can't tell you how many pastors ask each other those questions. Well, how many satellites do you run now? Well, how many services do you have on the weekend? Well, what's your average attendance? I mean, even those that are not necessarily in the pastoral or staff world, you got to realize we all at some level oftentimes get caught up in numbers. The numbers on the exam, the numbers in the win column, the numbers on the scale the numbers in the stock portfolio. What Paul didn't say was, Hermes, great job. You are running 15% more in your house church than you did last year. I didn't see it there. Now, let me pause for a minute. You know what? Numbers are really, really important. I mean, they are. They, they are indicators for us about maybe something that we need to change or something that we need to continue doing or something that we need to stop. There's no doubt that they play a huge role. I've been watching Silas, my oldest son, bat this season. And you know, uh, the trajectory of his hits just keeps going up. And one of the things that, as one of his coaches, I'm noticing is he's, he's, he's turning those hips. And if you know much about baseball, you know, boy, there's, the power is right in here, right? So he's turning, and as he does, this foot starts to pivot. And when he's doing that, this is like the fourth game in a row that Silas just pounded one right over second base into center field for a single or a double. You know what? I'm looking at that. I'm looking at the stats of what's happening with him. And I'm thinking, all right, look at those numbers. Look at how that's increasing. And what is causing that? The numbers of what he's doing is, is saying something. If your investment has been taking a nosedive over the past five years, you financially might be looking at somebody to help you figure out something else, right? If our kid is failing every single test that they're taking, it's probably an indicator that something is not going right. I get it. But... Numbers, is that really where our focus is? Is that where it should be? Or what about rewards, achievements, accomplishments? It's easy for us to run after those things. Or help our kids chase those things. Or our grandkids chase those things. Sometimes we chase them collectively as a family because maybe we didn't achieve them as adults. To maybe to get the starting position on the team or finish in the top 5% or get that Division I scholarship. 
Or maybe now that we are adults, we're, we're chasing that next job promotion and the head of the division, the head of the company, the new car, the house, the vacation property, the extra time off, whatever it is. And it's all measured, right, in accomplishments and achievements. Living the dream, making every effort possible to not only live that dream, but make sure that our kids are set up in a way that they can live it and maybe even live it hopefully better than we have. But you know what Paul didn't say in this greeting card? He didn't say, Urbanus, way to go. You were listed in Rome's 100 fastest growing churches three years in a row. (laughs) Fantastic. And boy, that acceptance speech for being best pastor of the year. Let me just tell you something. That was like, what, four standing ovations? Instead, Paul's greeting card focused on character. So we just did this whole baby dedication here. And uh, it makes me think of whenever our first daughter was dedicated. And the overwhelming sense of responsibility that I felt and that Holly felt as we were standing on the stage. The fact that we were going to be in the business of shaping this little person. Several years later, a very good friend of mine, a mentor, one that I had to get to do a lot of ministry with now, Barry St. Clair, he sent me a book, and it was a book that he had just finished writing. It's called Parent Fuel. And one of the most important parts of that book, some of you have read the book, some of you have taken the class. We just took 15 sets of, of, uh, of, of families through the Parent Fuel class. We do that like once a semester, right? And it's an incredible time to kind of walk through, hey, what does God call us to be? Who does he call us to be as parents? And one of the most powerful parts of that book is when Barry talks about this ladder and leaning it on different walls. And he says, I could take this ladder and I could lean it on this wall in my parenting style and I could focus on all the things that my kids accomplish or the things that my kids do or don't do right. You know? And it becomes all about behavior or about what they achieve or don't. Or I could take this ladder and I could set it against this wall And I could go, whoa, you know what? Here's what I'm after. I'm after a child who loves Jesus with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I know the road that this ladder ends with, if I climb that ladder with my child to the top, quite very well could be the American dream. But instead, I'm going to lay this ladder up against this wall because you know what that ends up being? God's dreams for my child. And those are far greater than any country could ever offer. And so I'm thinking about that as we do this whole baby dedication and what God is calling us to. And some of you go, oh, well, you know, uh, I don't have any kids or, you know, I don't know about grandkids or, you know, I mean, I understand that. I don't have a limited role there. Okay, I get that. But you know what? If you've moved from creation of God's to child of his, you know what that means? That means that we are to be disciples, but not only disciples. You know what he calls us to be? Disciple makers. And what that means is he's, he's got a calling on every one of us who have stepped from creation of his to child of his who are following after Jesus Christ to be a shepherd, to be a discipler, to be a nurturer. God wants us in the business of shaping other people. Maybe it's somebody across the foyer down that hallway. Maybe it's one of these kids that's on the front row that was right here a few minutes ago at baby dedication. Maybe it's one of the students that over, that's over in North Point. Maybe, just maybe it's a, a family that's in your small group that you start leading in your home. Maybe it is 
some new believers at work that you're meeting with at lunch. But we have been grafted into the shaping business. And so every one of us has to ask this question, whether it has to do with our own flesh and blood, those children of ours or grandchildren or just those around us that we are to be in the business of shaping. What ladder do we lean? Which wall? Oh, you know what? Here's what Paul is saying here. He's saying, listen, here's what I want your focus to be on. It's the same thing that Brandy was focused on in her testimony. You know what it's about? It's about the heart. It's about what God is doing in our heart. It's about what God was doing in her mom's heart, and he's not finished with that. It's about what God is going to be doing in these children's hearts. It's about what we do as we allow Jesus to take over us and change us from the inside out and the characteristics that come out of us as a result of that. And so what are these characteristics that are found in Paul's greeting card? We're about to close here. Here it comes. Phoebe, servant-hearted and a saint. What does he say? He says, I commend to you, our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints. And help her in whatever she needs. Phoebe was a leader. She was entrusted with Paul to go to Rome and teach or give the church there something. He had entrusted her with this. And she was to be treated in a way, did you catch that? That was worthy of the saints. Now that was a huge deal for them to hear, if for no other reason. She was a woman. Phoebe is a Christ follower and one striving to be holy. A servant. I'm thinking that maybe her life looked just a little bit maybe like Romans 12. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Who else do we see? We see Priscilla. Aquila and Priscilla. Fellow workers in Christ Jesus who risk their necks for my life to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Their impact was so great. There's lots of churches saying thank you for what you've done. Priscilla and her husband called out. Why? For being sacrificial. For being willing to lay their lives down, whatever it took. Our family has some friends. They were former students of ours who live in a very hostile country right now. They're missionaries. We were hanging out with them this year. They're on their way back now. But while they were here, there was a bomb blast that occurred not far from where they live. You know why that bomb blast happened? Because they were trying to take out as many Christians as possible in that area of the world where they live. They live in a very hostile environment to Christianity, sacrificing every day their life on the line. And I ask myself the question, wow, what does God call us to do? Who does he call us to be as we sacrifice, as we follow in the line of Priscilla and her husband, who are not only sacrificial, but also with their lives daily, giving it up in their home, giving their home up to be a house church. I mean, they were just following along. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians. It says, the churches in the province of Asia send you greetings. Aquila and Priscilla greet you warmly in the Lord. And so does the church that meets at their house. You know what they were doing? They were just following Acts 2, 42 through 47. That's just, I, this is what we do. We meet together. We worship the Lord together. We break bread together. 
It's what we talk about all the time here with small groups and how very important they are even to this very day. Mary, and maybe the twins, I don't know, Tryphena and Tryphosa and Persis. You know what this greeting card says about them, that they're diligent. What does Paul say about these women? That they were tireless workers. They worked hard. They were diligent. Their work ethic was unquestionable. You know what I've heard and read as of late? Millennials. Millennials, here we go. I'm, I'm really not out for them, or those of you that are. But, but I've heard if you are one from this generation and from generation Y and Z, that you know what? They're just getting a bad rap over work ethic. They're just getting a bad rap. They work hard, but they work hard in different ways, and you just got to understand them and everything. And I get that, okay? I understand. I appreciate that. My response is very simple. Prove the stats wrong with your life. Matter of fact, work hard at what it is that you've been faithfully given that might be a little so that you are then given a lot later. And prove that you don't just want it handed to you. And you know what? When that happens, then you wind up not being the stat that people talk about. Instead, you're setting an example. And you know what you become included in? You become included in this list, this list of hardworking women. Well, maybe a different list if you're a guy. Different list and, you know, different bathroom, but that's a whole other subject. Colossians 3, 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's what I see him thinking about when he's talking about Trophina. <laughs> whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men. Two more. We'll close. I love this guy. Junia. This girl, I mean, this lady. She's missional, evangelistic, Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles and they were in Christ before me. You know what Christian tradition says? It says that these two followers of Jesus, you know what happens? They're listening to Matthew 28, 19, and 20, the Great Commission. It's over here, over on one of these little placards that we have on the wall to your left, up high. And they're listening to Jesus give this great commission to everyone. And you know what? They go out. They take him at his word. That's what we got to do. Make disciples. And so they start doing it. Boom, 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 boom. And here they are making disciples left and right. They were in the disciple-making business before anybody knew what the word disciple was hardly. Before anybody had ever heard the word missional. Before anybody knew what the word missionary was. And they were in that business before Paul ever became Paul when he was still Saul. Before he was ever even blinded on the road. And Paul says, wow, you are an inspiration to me. They were trailblazers. Here's a question. What are you trailblazing right now? In faith. Who are you talking to that no one else is talking to? What kingdom dreams are you following that God hasn't given to anybody else but you? Rufus' mom, last one, caring, nurturing. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Now, besides having a name that most people in our society today give to a dog, what we do know about Rufus is that he was probably the son of Simon, who carried Jesus' cross. So here's the deal. You ready for this? Here is Rufus' mom. And she's taken Paul in. 
She was there in the whole mix. Can you just imagine it? Here's Christ carrying the, here's Simon carrying the cross for Jesus, that portion of the stretch. And in this moment here, what Paul is giving a shout out to is this lady who has been nurturing and caring and loving. She's been embodying Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. 1 John 3.11, for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. And she is just loving on Paul. Even though at this point, her husband has probably gone. So what do we want our greeting card to say? The greeting card to those that you build up in the faith, the greeting card to your kids? What, what is it that becomes of great value to us? As we close, maybe the question as we sing one final song together is just very simply, God, what are you saying to me? As a mom, as a dad, as a grandma, as a grandpa, <laughs> as a discipler, as one who is called to be in the life-shaping business that God helps us, he uses us in that way. Are we going to be focused in on a lot of stuff of this world? Or are we going to focus in on becoming saints and shaping servant-hearted, sacrificial, diligent, missional, trailblazing, caring, loving people? I don't think there's any comparison. That's living the dream. That's, that's living the kingdom dream. And that's what he's called us all to. Regardless of the hat that you wear tonight. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And what we come to you tonight to do is just to say, speak one final time corporately to our hearts. But individually to each one of us. God, we recognize that you've invited us into an amazing journey. So God, may we be faithful, putting our attention and focus on the things that matter the most. As we worship in this place, there's communion at the front. There are boxes on the walls in the back that we invite you. If you've got offering and you want to participate with that, us in that form of worship, you can do that there. If you're a guest, we've got a card that's in the seat back in front of you, and we would just ask that you give us the best information you can about yourself. And we, in turn, if you'll place that in the box on the way out, we'll give you some information about who we are, let you know more about Rock Point and how we could maybe better connect and serve you. However it is that you choose to worship, whether it's through communion or offering or whatever, let's hear what God has to say about our hearts as we close.